somebody quoted that tweet and I was dying. They said she's a red flag, but I'm a bull. And I was dying. <laughs> Finch was like, we should drain her blood. And yeah. Josie was like, excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> I feel like they would have made a new group chat without Josie just so they could slowly talk about how to harm Hope, you know? And like Josie's like, guys, the group chat's dead. <laughs> Hello. And welcome back to The Hosey Show, where we take an in-depth look at legacies in the Vampire Diaries universe. A part commentary, part conversation, and almost always an hour. Let's take a look at how legacies fucked up this time. Hi, I'm Rihanna. I'm Victoria. I'm Bree. And we're back with another episode of The Hosey Show, where we discuss the Wild West Therapy Box AU, and of course, everything Dark Josie and the salvatore idol <laughs> that was out of left field but you know i'm really excited to talk about everything to do with all the implications of Hosey and all the implications that lizzie's uh, perceptions led to and her found realization and of course like um, a little bit about jed's backstory explored and caleb's traumas and experiences and cleo and the weapon talk so yeah let's get into it uh, i feel like it's weird it feels like this episode is I'm oddly exhausted, but I'm no longer <laughs> anxious anymore the way I was before. <laughs> I was anxious really about what? I was really anxious leading up to this episode. I don't know why. I think it was because I was really had no idea what the outcome would be for that conversation that would happen, and we all knew what was coming. Um, I was anxious because the freaking promos are vague as hell and I have no idea what's happening anymore so yeah I was just I was anxious leading up to this episode and it was just it was it was a lot I was emotionally not okay this past week I feel like I need, <laughs> I feel like I need to be talked to or get like or something I don't know the way I was reacting to this episode is not okay on any level yeah yeah the whole like anticipation build up to the episode was definitely like a whole like story on its own thing for me. Um, and now I feel like relaxed about going into the next episode, but also now like we're on Hosey EVVV or something. <laughs> and so once once we get really close, I am going to start like pacing around the room, but I am excited for where it <laughs> left off because there are a lot of theories of what could be happening in Josie's therapy box but in this episode so this episode is dedicated to Lizzie's um, therapy box and her perceptions of everything going around and what she has to navigate is what is she going to do about Alaric and Hope and how I've... she believes you know how how she thinks or interprets like how it's affecting her mm -hmm. sister and everyone else yeah I feel like this episode was divided into like three parts. Yeah. And I'm starting to realize like, I don't know if Legacy's always had this formula and I just didn't recognize it, but it definitely feels more apparent now. Like I'm starting to realize there are parts of the episodes that I genuinely am struggling to get through or I'm realizing they have something in them that I'm just like, it really doesn't belong in a show anymore. Well, now there's um, four. I think you might be forgetting Cleo's thing because I think that's a little bit separate from the Super Squad. I don't know. It's, I, so let I me let saying. me list them. It's like so Lizzie's Wild West. That was like that the, one the whole shtick, right? Yeah. And it was it was fifteen minutes. I 
you know, I compiled it. And then there was the whole thing with Hope coming back and the the Salvatore Idol, a, mm-hmm. a mock of a mock of American Idol, of course, and that mm-hmm. whole plan to how how MG and Josie and everyone else is going to connect to Hope emotionally. The third part the C plot was almost like Cleo's separate thing, like how how she was talking to Simulation Caleb who she's going to tell about the weapon. So that was almost Mm -hmm. its mini plot C. And like a plot C and a half was Caleb and Jed on their own, and they're sort of like navigating their own monster I don't think that was necessary for the episode. Like, I don't (laughs) think I could have done without that. It's not that I didn't want, like them to have their own story but it just is too much like it's yeah, on top that, of everything else that's what i yeah. meant when i said like if you can tell there's some a part of the episodes now that kind of drag purposely because last episode hope and i'll forever call him clark i'm not calling him ryan i'm sorry his <laughs> name is clark um when hope and clark got into the triad facility and the monsters and that's when it started dragging to me i was like their whole banter and him basically calling her out on her bullshit and at the end of the episode those are the best parts between them in the last episode and but the whole thing with them randomly fighting a monster i was like why is this happening again so caleb and jed's little talk was really great like they really hinted at a lot in caleb and jed's episode i don't think a lot of people picked up on it but um it was cool, but the fact that they were hunting this Argus thing was really yeah. stupid. It was like it was like a what? whole other thing yeah. you had to try and keep track of, right. and it didn't it's... seem to relate to like anything else that was going on. It's yeah. so funny. It's I was like cracking up, of course, with like the Game of Thrones <laughs> reference. I'm a Game of Thrones whore. <laughs> like I fucking love Daenerys and anything dealing with Daenerys. So he was like, "Come on, bro, it's Game of Thrones time." He was trying to climb on his back, like right through his sprout wings. I was dying. I was genuine. Jed is such a comedian. I love him. He's my best boy. But it was yeah. There was this. I was like, for once, I actually wanted to fast forward through Caleb scenes, and I was like. Yeah. That was surprising mm-hmm. to me because I love Caleb, but even he couldn't save me from this unnecessary plot line of them hunting a monster. I didn't even know what the monster did. Like, it could suck the skin off people or something, and but it had, like, a hundred eyes, but it also I'm confused. had... Was there, like, a resolution to the zombie person? No, or did that it was just the cut off there? Basically... Oh. I, it's weird because they're so they have to they had to like get Caleb and Jed do their own thing so they could you know talk about Jed's storyline it's weird that they've they realized that they needed to do Jed's storyline which is like okay you're four seasons late but whatever and um, they had to do that <laughs> in the way that they're like it, their their obstacle um, is the monster and I don't know it's just weird I feel like it wasn't as natural as it could have been yeah. It was um, kind it of feels funny, like actually, they just yeah. Jed like almost talked about his backstory, and then yeah. he was like, "No, the it doesn't details matter. don't. Yeah, the details don't <laughs> and matter." And I was like, "I was like, it's, oh, it's, it's like yes, they do." Yeah, yeah they do. I, was, I was like screaming at the screen like, "Uh, no, we need details. We know nothing. <laughs> Please tell us the details. I'm begging you to tell me details." It was it funny. like a cop out. It really did. It was like. like okay. 
Yeah. But then there was a moment where Caleb basically said that he didn't want to become a monster. Yeah. And that's why he's sort of like really iffy about using his quote unquote dragon powers. I still can't believe he's part dragon. I'm trying not to focus too much on that. <laughs> to find the bright side to this storyline, which is him fearing becoming a monster because yeah. that that leads back to his season one nightmare thing where he was like mm-hmm. becoming a monster. It's always like this weird thing with Caleb where he does not want to um fall into like his baser instincts as a vampire. Mm-hmm. He does and I thought that was a really interesting way to bring him back. I'm like, y'all has to make him grow wings and breathe fire to do this. Okay, whatever. But yeah. I'm also a little bit, I think, frustrated personally because Caleb is focusing so much on the fact that he gave up hope to Malivore, which is valid. Like, that is very shady. You shouldn't have did that. But I'm like, you just remembered like a couple episodes ago that you nearly murdered the entire band team or whatever they're called the whole at your old school like you yeah. just remembered the fact that you went on a huge massacre but that doesn't bother you as much like <laughs> they don't right. focus, they forget what trauma should matter to their characters sometimes it feels like because I'm like there's much more that he could be focusing on or like going through but they just really are focusing on the fact that he just pulled like a really shitty friend move sort of mm-hmm. um, I don't know how to feel about that I feel like they definitely skipped out on layering his uh, experiences and instead, I don't know, because you're right, it's like in other in other um, parts of the episode where Caleb isn't necessarily there, they do reference like being a traitor. Like in Lizzie's Western, she obviously, mm-hmm. obviously still is disgruntled about that. And um, in the last episode, when the simulation hope um, says like shouldn't have brought the traitor and stuff like that it's like mm-hmm. they keep doing that specifically I feel like it could have been a more of a, a punch or a, a gut-wrenching thing if Simulation Hope had for example said like oh oh the one that murdered the whole band you know why did you bring him here he yeah. obviously can't control himself stuff like but that. But at the same time like they're not even I don't know they're not like they didn't have this big like emotional everybody's pissed at him for what he did like that's not what they're doing. They're just like he has his um, it's, own. It's, yeah, it's like, like wrapped. It, it it feels like they're kind of instead of letting the actual event sort of um, affect people naturally, they just are trying to remind us. Remember, Caleb did this shitty thing. Just like right, it's almost like we get it. We know he gave up hope. How many times you have to tell us? Even Caleb's, I think, subconscious version that Cleo was talking to talked about. I'm not sure if it yeah. did. I, I think it's just, it feels like there's so many different forms where people are reminding him like, hey, remember you gave up hope, you know? Yeah, just, and yet nobody's that mad about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't Cleo's, know. Cleo's yeah. prism says like uh, her version of Caleb, which I thought it was really sweet because, you know, as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, this doesn't seem real because Caleb shouldn't mm-hmm. be here. And then it was the prism. So I like that. And um, he says to her, which is Cleo speaking, is that we do stupid things for the people we love. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. So you just, oh, that's very nice full circle thing. And um, I thought it was in the way that they approached like Caleb being air quotes traitor because I feel like it's. I don't know. I I mean, he did betray them, but like to say like flat out like, oh, he's a traitor. It feels very like n- too negative. I don't know. It's weird to me. And but the way it's, that yeah. Cleo viewed it in the light, I thought was like 
the nicest way to put it, um, mm-hmm. I guess, because he did do a stupid thing for someone mm-hmm. he truly cares about. And, and Cleo understands that. I'm so glad Cleo gets that. She's an empath. I never doubted that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's I love her. Of, yeah, it sort of reminds me of like randomly in season three where people are mad that MG hit the ascendant. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded it was, it was I could never figure out why they were mad at him because I was like, y'all yeah. thought it was destroyed anyway. Like, why... Why is everybody so pissed at him for hiding something you thought was broken or gone in the first place? And held just, like a very dangerous person in monsters. Like Yeah. Yeah. No, it it just it's it's very weird. It's I feel like sometimes they don't know how human emotions function in the writers. They focus on the wrong things. It's like, no, you should be focusing on this aspect. You're almost there. They're almost always getting it. They're always they're never fully um doing something right on this show <laughs> it's, it's almost like you're all you almost got it you're you're halfway there but they focus on the wrong aspect this whole thing with caleb and feeling like he's a monster it's like he's actually done monstrous things why don't you focus on that rather than this one little mistake he made in hindsight that is easily forgivable because it only pushed forward the narrative that we already knew was going to happen mm-hmm so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, looking at it, um, I do I do like that. This is like kind of random, but I do like that they're really upping Jed's wardrobe. I thought it was about <laughs> fucking time because he just looked like season three. I don't know what they were doing. Season. Yeah. Like season two, season three. I don't know what his style was. It felt very just not Jed to me. So I really like that the new, the new costume designer in season four really seeing more like jed's personality in his wardrobe if that makes sense so kudos about that and yeah um, i hope we do get to see more of it like genuinely instead of like a cop-out like you guys said so hopefully yeah. we we get into that more it's almost it's almost like this mini um plotsy boys against the monsters plot it's reminding me of the wendigo thing which again the wendigo did not really connect back to the greater thing i feel like if this needs to be a um a good story it should be like something that uh, if if it connects to triad that would be a good tie-in because right now it feels kind of like a loose um trail diverging off like the the season four story because it feels like disconnected right now but like if they did connect it back to the greater plot the greater story that would be really good um i don't know where it is going but if they do have that like that like uh, third degree burned victim thing getting up and dropping its like melted arm. If that somehow, I don't know what that could mean. If if that somehow connects to like triad and well, uh, yeah, I had to think of a few, even remember what you were talking. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what is she talking about? And it was, was like, like oh, the yeah, last I five minutes. Like a weird zombie fied person stood up at the end. I. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's oh, weird yeah. yeah i i, I yeah. yeah i mean it needs to like connect back or else it's just like why is yeah. this happening i, I thought right. was, i thought it was funny that jed said malivore is dead so our monster problem is gone and i'm like just because malivore is dead doesn't mean that there are no monsters in the world period yeah anymore. i think they forgot about like it's the existence diff- of nia for example yeah it's, it's like, like i okay now that i'm saying it out loud i do think it'll eventually lead to try it because like you said you raise a good point like caleb says like 
this is weird. Malivore is dead. How is this possible? So they're going to eventually track the Argus, where that came from, the triad, which is following Hope's trail. Because right now, the boys don't know that Hope has returned to the school and is, like, taking down triad. Because, um, well, Hope showed up at the school, and the ones that were there were, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Josie, MG, Cleo, etc. Mm-hmm. So the boys being separated from the other super squad, but they're both going to come to the same triad story it's that's interesting you know um yeah i do have a now i just thought of a random brain rot if if somewhere down the line if josie leaves with hope and then maybe i could see um those boys following their trail i don't know i i had to remember that they didn't come back to school wow i just completely forgot what happened with yeah i mean it's literally like the wendigo story like last season for some reason it, it spanned like two and a half episodes and it was like completely separate. It was like, oh, okay, but it yeah, didn't. It it kind of just it. What it did, what it served, was that when MG came back to the school, he was no longer the the um the pariah. He was the hero who took down a Wendigo monster and lived in a cave for like a weekend. Okay, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> what it what it did was that it it fixed MG's reputation and it repaired um Caleb and Jed's like weird weird rife so i think that that this mini monster storyline it is going to keep expanding on jed's thing i don't know it's weird that they have to do it that way but yeah um, i guess it, i'll guess i'll i'll have a better uh i'll have a better assessment like at the end of season four i think it feels like you know like they just still can't get rid of the monster storyline it's like you can tell that it just cut the cancer out for good, you know, type thing, but it, for some reason they need to keep it going. Yeah. Or give me strength, please, because I well, don't know. I'm really glad that Landon did not bring back humanity of any <laughs> sort. I mean, I have no <laughs> doubt that it wouldn't. <laughs> so speaking of um, like wardrobe, why the heck am I just now noticing that they constantly dress Landon like he was a mechanic? I don't know. Oh my god! What is up? With, but doesn't he look like he should have like a grease rag in his back pocket or something? Like, oh my god! It's giving like car mechanic charging too much for <laughs> an oil change vibe to me. And I'm just I'm trying to figure out why they never changed his style. Because you were talking about Jed's style earlier, and yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thinking for some reason Jed was always wearing stripes and Peter Pan collars. Yeah. Oh, I hated like, the polo shirts. Like, I have yeah. trauma about polo shirts and uniforms. It's, okay. It's nice to go like he's the typical dude bro jock type thing. But I'm just like, no, give my baby a leather jacket and move on, please. <laughs> the most would be a crew neck. Like, um, yeah, but but like Landon's, it. that's so funny that you say that. And, and speaking about fake Landon, I think it's funny because um, I, I was talking about this like a few nights ago with someone else, but I was like, you know, it, if I look at it two ways, like Arya was giving his all, which is nothing, then I have to think like, well, Arya interpreted that this is Cleo playing it, so therefore Cleo is yeah. not giving it her all, which is funny. On the second half, if Arya is just not giving it, you know, on like not on purpose, but I think he's a great actor, so maybe he just did that on purpose, that Cleo, you know, like I'm trying to like really understand 
why it was so lackluster, because it was Arya's interpretation of how Cleo would deliver it. It was very funny. I mean, in the very beginning, I definitely got that that was not like how Landon speaks. That's not his syntax, because it would it would be something that Cleo would say when she says, like, you're right. I am not Landon. I am an illusionary. You know, it's like things yeah. that it was a good it was a good way to, you know, separate it. But um, I thought it was interesting that even Cleo didn't didn't you know put her all into it i mean it's funny how how could she she's she's not like landon she's not or she's not in love with hope so i just thought it was funny that reading this letter um it didn't evoke anything i was scared that like the writers were going to do anything with that (laughs) like i was scared there would be like a lapse and then she has like an emotion and everybody's like no just let it go <laughs> but i was not disappointed the truth they totally wrecked the truth that. they were just like nope bored moving on that was really just funny. like everybody else yeah yeah i w- at first just like wanted to kind of go through everybody who tries and bring hope's humanity back because i thought that was hysterical <laughs> she first she calls wade wade and i was fucking <laughs> dying <laughs> I'm gonna um, stop you right there, Wayne. <laughs> Wayne, <laughs> and, and, you know my name is Wait. Okay, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought it was sort of interesting that she really just said the brutal, honest truth that you know she was only really nice to him because he was Landon's friend, and I was like, wow, yeah, she's not holding back because you kind of do wonder mm-hmm. what she does think of people, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I think hope at her basic nature is very impatient oh my god yeah <laughs> and doesn't really and just like oh just doesn't want to bother like w- like waste her time with people that's why we have so many moments of her saying this is why i only rely on myself and stuff like that so mm-hmm. you can't really see her willingly choose to spend time with wade <laughs> but it's like she did it out of the kindness of her heart. Right. And, and now that that's turned off, she's like, why the fuck did I ever, like, put up with you? You slow me down. And You're... then, like, oh, my God, it was just so funny. And then Pedro was, oh, my, oh my God. God. She, I'm not a monster. Do you really <laughs> want But she still had something bad to say. I feel like it's funny because she recognizes that if she's, it's like she doesn't have feelings because she turned it off, but she does have logic in the sense that if she says it, it will hurt Pedro. Um, But so she, she turns down the mic and says it to MG flat out like, I hope. I want Pedro to never do art again or I will cut off his little fingers. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, uh, just brutal. So I loved it. And I can't remember what the heck she said to Ethan. She like, said honestly. that, like, all jocks only find their identity in a team. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. that is, And he that was, was probably going to use, like, a, like, some kind of football sports meditator yeah. <laughs> i mean i think she was put she she that's what she saw him say in the therapy box in the 80s episode yeah. she was like okay i'm not like sitting i'm too impatient to hear you try and elaborate with like a foot football game metaphor about a, a passing plates or some shit about my relationships where is josie at the dock and the same thing happened in this uh salvatore idol she was like come on, bring on the aid team. Why am I sitting here with, like, the losers and all of the, the plot C people? Like, I want to see the big guns. I'm waiting for Josie. And she's like, and, you know. Yeah, literally she's like, just Josie the entire time. Yeah, it's really funny because it was like, 
well, I, you know, she's not here, so you'll take her place, Finch. I think that you are codependent and you, uh, what else did she say? She said something like, she said, Josie like, wanted Josie, you. She said Josie wanted Hachi not to be a lone wolf anymore, which is actually just a cover for your codependency. And mm. I was like, first of all, I was like, I don't think you have room to speak. <laughs> like, because if she's talking about the act of them being together, it's like, a form of codependency. I kind of want to be like, yeah. Do you remember how you were when you dated Landon, sweetheart? Like- <laughs> I think she does, and that's why she like berates herself. Like, why am I putting up with like Cleo being a fake Landon sort of thing? Mm-hmm. I think with her emotions off, she's definitely more critical of like and why more did I ever- clear, clear yeah. probably on her decision making. So I right. bet that looking at Finch and Josie, she's definitely like instead of being two people who have two different brains and different desires, you guys try to work as like one joint brain and you don't have any identity outside of each other. And I just thought it was very interesting that she picked up on that. I was like, I didn't know you was paying attention that much, Hope Michelson. Watching from the shadows. It's like, she, 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 there is a lot that I have, you know, I, I could be looking too deeply into this. Um, We're never looking too deeply into anything. This is the Hosey show. <laughs> but, serious, but like, I genuinely would try to sit back and be like okay what is technically turning off your humanity it's you know basically tr- turning off everything that is blatantly emotional about you so now she has this clear thought process she's mm-hmm. able to reflect on how she, her past decisions and then she's also able to look at other people's decisions and see them for what they are and so mm-hmm. i just remember thinking that she said that about finch and josie so that clearly means that she thought that Jonesy yeah. going and getting into a relationship as soon as she left the school was probably not the best idea. But she never said anything because Hope has learned to grow to be a person who actually cares about other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's she also said some stuff like she calls Finch what's her face, and she <laughs> she clearly does not think highly. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and dark she, Josie coming in. She's dark you know, Josie coming in, but like she, the way that she sees dark Josie, I don't think she sees dark Josie as dark Josie. She calls it Josie's stronger half. Yeah, and then she, and, and then she calls Josie like weak, defenseless Josie. That means that she sees Josie at her like everyday self as pretending to be weak and, yeah. you know, I just, in defenses, and it's just, like, I wonder if Hope walks around basically well, almost frustrated with Josie on a daily basis. No, what I something. think it more is, is that, like, she thinks, like, emotions and, like, empathy and caring about people is weakness, and that's why mm-hmm. she cut, shut down her humanity. So, she when she says, like, this is Josie's stronger half, it's more like, Dark Josie oh. is, like, a psychopath who <laughs> doesn't have emotions and doesn't like care about anybody and so she's like yes you're proving my point you needed to become a psychopath in order to solve the problem um but Josie is just using dark Josie which is actually like I'm really glad that they did that that this is like how the arc should have ended is that she's able to like employ dark Josie to do something that she needs to do but still have her under control so she's able to like shut it down um Mm -hmm. but yeah I think that so when she says like weak 
helpless Josie or whatever. I think she's talking more about like just Josie having emotions and Mm -hmm. refusing to like give up on her and stop caring about her. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I found it like really interesting because like Hope's weakness is emotions and like psychological attacks and like every monster that's ever actually gotten to her is not like you know the physical we're gonna like fight it's Mm -hmm. always been like the necromancer like trapping her in this Mm -hmm. psychological torture and stuff like that and that's why dark josie is actually the only match for her because she's able to like get her in a position to make her sort of reveal that she's like not as strong as she's pretending to be Mm -hmm. yeah I think I just, the most unguarded that Hope was in 207 was that I miss you saying she had her walls down, her heart mm-hmm. on her sleeve, and that was with Josie. Yeah. She she goes out and says all of that, and she says, like, I, I miss my friends, my family, Super Squad, leaves the last one, I miss you. Like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Mm-hmm. And so Josie, I, again, like, Hope has her humanity off, but she knows, like, all of the events of her life, and she, like, has a memory that this is the girl that I let my guard down for. Maybe not consciously, but, like, you know, she knows she has a bad... There, There is something about being around this particular person that will actually get, get me to lower my guards, and that is what I fear, and that is what Dark Josie revealed. So I really like what you said, like, Josie using Dark Josie as a way to... Um, subvert hopes like um and, and get across her get across her defense mechanisms it was really good to see like the truth or revealing that she does fear one thing and then Josie elaborates oh you do fear something and that is like the crashing guilt that'll come and the wave of like oh I did I was I did all these horrible things like that's what she really fears and and hope doesn't even respond to that what she does is that she um, she takes the offense, you know, uh, literally takes the offense and blasts her um, through the door. And that's the that's yeah. the moment where Josie controls herself and goes back to normal Josie. But I think that's really interesting because Josie did not flinch. Josie did not seem at all scared. Like, this was her plan Because she all knew along. it was coming. <laughs> yeah, it like, was really that's good. That's what she was trying to do is get Hope to, like, lash out just to prove that, like, yes. Hope was afraid. Because, because that's the only reason she would lash out like that and, like, physically. Josie was already poking at her. The mo- I was like, you are already poking at her, like, ten seconds into the office. The office scene where Josie says something like, come on, Hope, give us a chance, you know, unless you're unless you're scared. I was like, bitch, yeah. this, is, you, this is the first time you've seen her since, like, two weeks ago. She beat up your dad. You are speaking <laughs> to her like that. That's really impressively brave. And um, She, like, never thought that <laughs> Hope would hurt her once like it was never a possibility for her or she was willing to be hurt like she just didn't care yeah no she literally the only thing that would stop her if 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 it were death and i would like josie's so cracked out if she had drank and like vampire blood before all of this um and she would have been like "Uh, surprise hope i'm still alive and i just you just proved my point blah 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 i I feel like josie's like insane um but i think (laughs) it's funny because it's like um so Dark Josie and Hope had their interaction. And then it was Josie, Josie, and Hope. And Hope was like, well, what are you going to say to me now? Clearly that didn't work. 
you know, we know that it worked. Like everybody um, knows that that was what was able to get um, a reaction out of Hope, like not once, but twice, you know, the truth orb revealing she is afraid of something. And the second part was when she comes up to her and doesn't hurt her. The You know, she she grants her, um, I don't know the word, she just, she just doesn't yeah. hurt her. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, Josie flat out says like, I'm, and, and okay, there's another thing about this episode. Throughout this episode, they consistently bring, recur like, I like giving up, you know. So the first one was like, um, you know, we're we're not gonna give up on you, Hope. Like we know that you're here, and you know we're gonna give you the weapons, but just let us like prove to you that we can bring you back. Sort of blah blah blah. And then the games begin. The second part is when Clea read Landon's letter, and that one of the lines I thought was really interesting was that Landon wrote, "You're surrounded by." I may be dead if you're reading this letter, but I know you're surrounded by friends and people that care about you and are not going to give up on you. So that was the second point that they referenced that. The third part was when MG uh, talks to Hope and is like, I know that there's nothing that I can say, so I guess I'll just like leave you to your own thing because you're leaving a void in this squad, so I'm going to fill that void. And then they had their um, moment where, you know, she bruises his ego about being a leader and stuff like that. The fourth thing mm-hmm. is Josie ultimately saying, and this is full circle in the office when Joseph, when Hope says, are you finally going to give up on me if I do this stupid covenant um, and I do this stupid American Idol ripoff? And then Josie says, no, you didn't give up on me, so I'm not going to give up on you. And I just thought that was, like, really full circle. I, I loved it all. Um, yeah. I have a lot of things to say. <laughs> um, just, yeah, I think that the cool thing with MG... Go, like going off, I don't want to say he went off on Hope, but I feel like he did go off on Hope slightly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that he said that he'll fill the void himself. I think that might be where they're going with him next. Because you could see that they were kind of having like a mild identity crisis with what to do with NG for a while. Mm-hmm. Right? Definitely. So you, him stepping up into this leader role, all I could think about is what it'll be like once Hope turns her humanity back on. And with him stepping up and learning how to become a leader and maybe actually killing someone and living with that guilt or or living with that decision that he had to make, I think MG is actually really going to step up because he's shown the ability to. I think once Hope turns her humanity back on, she'll come back to a super squad that works slightly different and she'll have to learn how to actually have sort of a partner um another leader to rely on for once another person that she can consult with and you know go over plans with and feel like she can you know trust them there was a and it's honestly kind of interesting you could see how they are slowly building this i don't know if it's purposely or not because you there's that moment where she says to ng like this is why i do everything by myself when they the ascendant Mm -hmm. breaks or Alyssa breaks the ascendant i can't remember what it was um so she snaps at MG with that, but then she constantly, her and MG are forced to, like, I don't want to say forced to work together, but you see them have a lot of moments where they have to come together, and they're literally the two team leaders. I, I've been thinking about when they were trying to prep Lizzie for the merge. That was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just cool that now you can see MG really trying to fill her position. I, I really like that for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he he's a really mm-hmm. great choice for that instead of Caleb. Um, I was going to say, I think also that the entire, I'm really glad that they allowed us to see 
um, Hope talking to both Dark Josie and regular Josie. Yes. I think that mm-hmm. was very integral. If she only spoke to Dark Josie, I would have been very um, disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was, and I was really, because, you know, my theory was that Josie was using the, uh, what's it called? The ring, the illusion ring that Cleo wound up using. So I was genuinely, I didn't think she was going to go full crackhead and actually do dark magic. <laughs> I was not <laughs> Yeah. I was like, girl, <laughs> what is wrong with you? But watching <laughs> wa- watching the scene back where she has with Finch. Yeah, yeah. You can you can see her saying, like, this is my only option. I have to you you yeah, taught me yeah. like, and I can control her. I was I was like, wow, so you really you're and really Finch was like Finch, Finch was, was like, like we should drain we should... her blood and yeah. Josie was like, Excuse me? Excuse not, me? Not you wanna, like, no. She was like, You wanna put a night you wanna put a, a sharp pointy thing at Hope Michelson's. A dissecting no. tool. Like, oh, I thought oh, it was oh. a, a butter knife. And I oh. thought it was funny because that also revealed something about Finch, too. Like, the Josie's like, you know, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do this and I'm going to see it through, bitch. And then, you know, Finch showing up to the gym completely, like, mm-hmm. uh, going against Josie's mm-hmm. Josie's plan. That that shows, like, she didn't trust that Josie could yeah, it Yeah, I was about and to I point that, that out. that was really interesting. Yes, the trust was gonna, parallels. Yeah, because it basically shows that Finch does not trust her. She she thought that she was stepping up and quote-unquote doing something Josie didn't have the, like, the guts to do. But like no. Hope, and it's like, no, it, that's it, not the point. Hurting Hope is not going to break through to her. Literally. Yeah, like, I Josie, mean, Josie, Josie just knows that that's not going to work. I think I think it could be that that's actually like grounds for a decent argument too. Like her coming mm. in and putting herself in danger, and her therefore yeah. ha- having to really do the dark magic now to p- go out and protect her ass. Mm. That could, she could come back out of that memory box, not memory box, therapy box. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and be like, I told you to trust me. Why that? Now you have a big ass bruise on your face, and, <laughs> and, and you look all you look all disheveled and a little bit fucked up. And like, look at what happened. Like, what? The, I can yeah. see that. I can see. But um, I, <laughs> the next I, I time just, you think about doing something stupid, remember that feeling, that purple bruise on your like, kid. right? Bitch, like, she kicked like, her up in the head. I was like, oh, like you literally <laughs> have you have shame on your face, but you literally have sh- like a shameful imprint on your face like mm-hmm. you She's should be out with her tail down like imagine imagine thinking like you have any sort of stance or power in this school and then hope just shows up and immediately kicks your ass like <laughs> with not, without even trying without barely lifting a finger i just <laughs> i i want to i want to point out i think that's so funny is that we did that poll on the hoji show twitter account like who would win in a battle between dark josie and no humanity hope and everybody voted for hope everybody was like 80 percent, 20 percent. like it was mm-hmm. fully everybody thinking hope would win and i have to admit y'all were wrong like in terms of the <laughs> yeah. actual battle hope. of wits mm-hmm. and, and and josie kicked her ass josie exposed <laughs> her yeah mentally she really got to it and i that's what i was trying to say before that i think Dark Josie is no longer, and I'm actually sort of slightly enjoying how they're trying to interpret Dark Josie now. She is every unhinged part of Josie that exists. Right. She is <laughs> the part of Josie that focuses on hope enough to know that she's a moody, 
uh, girl who has bad taste in men and how (laughs) it runs away from her trauma. Mm -hmm. That is the part Mm -hmm. of Josie, the part of Josie that was obsessed with hope and set her her dorm room on fire. That's dark Josie. So just (laughs) so you guys know. The coping part, it goes back to 103, like, you know, Josie maneuvering around the conversation to get hope to, you know, blow off. And then, and then they have a really endearing conversation. And then it's also reminding me of when Josie, you know, Josie and Hope didn't have scenes, but Josie still went off on Landon and was like, you don't believe that though? Because you gave up on Hope like twice, you know? Yeah, it just. She says these really unhinged things. And I was like, yeah, she says these things that remind me that, oh, this is the side of Josie that's obsessed with Hope. I got to remember that. Because yeah. she was saying stuff. She said, Jade was a lot like you. I'm like, uh, we know I like, that. I didn't know you, you knew that. But like, like, I'm glad. <laughs> so like, that's what I was saying when I say that Hope was looking at Dark Josie as something good in a weird way. I don't know. I feel like yeah. with no humanity, Hope can look at Dark Josie and fully say, go back to 216 where she's like, Josie, she is you. Mm-hmm. He is the strong part of you that you suffocate and you say is quote unquote dark, but really she is your strength. And so I just thought it was, that's why she was mm-hmm. like, when are you bringing out the ringers? What are you, cause she knew that Josie could either be the weak defenseless side of her that's going to try to touch her with emotions or mm-hmm. the strong Josie who can outwit her. Mm-hmm. And basically she exposed her for the, like that was so epic when she threw that mm-hmm. ball thingy yeah. I like gasped my heart <laughs> dropped to my ass and I was I like oh like like you know full full six like you know the Peter tingle from Marvel like the my hair <laughs> stuck up on my arms it was like <laughs> I was like oh yeah. okay okay ho-. like they, yeah. these writers really went for it and I was just I was glad that they made Dark Josie be fully like I'm gonna get in your head because that's what Dark Josie mm-hmm. does yeah so yeah. I think if- to add to that, that's that's funny that you say that. It's like so hope, no humanity hope views Dark Josie as the strength the strong like sociopath, has no emotions. And yet the reality is that Dark Josie is everything that Josie like puts her emotions on like and she's directing it. She's really, truly mm-hmm. in control of emotions and other people's emotions as Dark Josie. So Hope yeah. has a Hope did not see that coming. She is such she's such a silly ass goofball. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I'm and- I'm interested now how Josie and Hope are how Hope is going to approach Josie in the future, knowing what just happened. Like she, she yeah. her. the fact that she just like tucked her into the therapy box. Yes. Oh my god. Couldn't do yeah. anything yeah. else. You're just just like, what am I going to do with you? Why won't you give up on me? Just go in the box. Because it's like, it's like, you know, she had to do dark magic to bring it out. But all it really proved (laughs) was that is that somebody can get through to hope. She can be, you know, taken off guard. And somebody is willing to basically say the truth and not be scared of it. I love when she mm-hmm. absorbed the magic because mm-hmm. she was also like, bitch, I got yes. tricks up my sleeve too. Yes. <laughs> that demonstrates, that literally, I don't know why people say like, oh, you know, Josie's, Dark Josie didn't do anything. I'm like, you, she did that on purpose. Like everything about that was very controlled. Oh, yeah. Josie, mm-hmm. We clearly can see she can take in her magic. And she had her little like uh, a moment like in 216 where she's like, mm, strike three, that part. She did it again in the in the gym. Like, you know, this is great. Like, yeah, if you keep doing this, I'm going to keep absorbing your I'm going to keep, you know, doing that. Like you can't really hurt me if, you know, I keep doing yeah. that. And I just thought that was really interesting because I mean, it just shows that Josie let hope 
beat her on purpose so that well, she could yeah, she designed the entire conversation. Right. <laughs> and like so she good. intended oh, that yeah. to happen at the end. And like, then I, the whole yeah. point of it was to like provoke hope enough to see if hope would kill her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, then and when then she goes in the therapy the box, start. she's like, she didn't kill me, don't you get it? Like I she was angry. fucking happy. What is wrong with you? What is wrong yeah. with you, Josie? You were giddy about the fact that Hope Michelson did not kill you? Like, you are weird. You are strange. Literally, like, literally, like, that's, that, that was so, that's so funny. Like, that one tweet wound up getting over a thousand likes. It was so, mm-hmm. like, me saying the bar is in hell, Josie. You mm-hmm. expect nothing at this point <laughs> don't you guys get it she didn't kill me yeah, she didn't I'm kill like, me I, I love that somebody somebody quoted that tweet and i was dying they said she's a red flag but i'm a bull and i was dying twitter's a funny place man but yeah, yeah it just yeah. goes to show like you know once when we and we got to get to the therapy box soon because there's a lot to unpack on that right. side as well but you know one twin is ready to murder and the other twin is just like she didn't kill me oh my no. god i love oh. her I <laughs> love that whole template of like oh you say air quotes you can fix her well i can accept every flaw she has in fact i'm gonna help her and <laughs> like shit like that <laughs> i love that one template meme but yes. um it's so so funny so And this is, like, another, like, cracked out brain rot here, but hear me out. So throughout this episode, um, they've really just, there are two things that they've, not so subtly, because it's, like, right in your fucking face, there there is a running two hints. One is the idea of losing something you can never get back, which is uh, a letter or burning a letter or having it destroyed. So that was referenced when Josie, who, by the way, is so cracked out, she stayed up like 20 hours reading the Diaries of a Lark. And now I'm going to go into another segue. It's so funny that uh, how the twins view a Lark's diary in his past um, so Josie takes his diaries and like interprets the emotional aspects of it all about how he talked about how they brought back Caroline. But Lizzie's going at his darker um, entries about his um, him dabbling in like ne- like uh, necromancy, I guess. So it's really interesting how the twins like interpret like a lark's approaches. So I just mm-hmm. think that's funny. So going back to my other point, so. They have the idea of losing something you can never get back. So people have theorized, like, oh, what if they bring in Haley's letter, which was referenced in the season one finale, I believe. It's the episode where Haley dies the first time and she's, mm-hmm. like, narrating a voiceover. So that was really that was a really good thought because I, I could definitely see that happening. And they All they would need is, like, the voiceover that Phoebe gave and have her permission. So whatever. The second thing is that, that was running throughout this episode is the thought of Josie running away with hope. That's in the mm-hmm. Wild West therapy box where mm-hmm. Josie, where Lizzie's skewed perception of hope and Josie's dynamic is that that wench stole my sister from me. And I was like, that's so fucking funny. And um, so that's that's one half that like literally happens in Lizzie's mind. Apologies for the Southern accent. I don't give a fuck. And the second thing is that um, <laughs> Josie like reaching out to hope and like no stop like before she freezes her it definitely looked like she was gonna wrap her hands like on her hands like intertwine them and i just realized that parallel like it was like in 210 um so that was that was great to see 
And then, like, they have, like, extreme, they have the close-up of Hope saying, like, what am I going to do with you? And then, you know, cut to Josie's, like, frozen face. And I was like, is she about to, like, kidnap her? You know, like, all these, like, weird implications. (laughs) And I was like, you know, that just happened in the Wild West. There's all these other hints. And I was like, it's so, you guys are so weird. You guys are so weird. Are you guys about to do it? Yeah, I would have loved if they did that. If, like, you saw her stash of Josie in, like, the back of the car. Mm-hmm. So that instead of, like, her constant... It would have... In some weird backwards way, it would have worked. Because then, like, if she had the backwards logic, she could have been... She could have said, like, you know, instead of you chasing after me and constantly destroying my plans, I'm just going to have to keep my eye on you type thing, you know? And yeah, so, like, threaten like, the squad to not come saying, A lot of people were saying that, like... It's actually protecting Josie from getting involved from the triad stuff because Hope knows she's about to go with her weapons, try to find whoever the hell is like running On triad. The phone. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if she shoves Josie in a box, then she can't follow her and get herself hurt because she won't give up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I think it's. I, th- I was also like really interested in people saying that she possibly modified. How yes. the bots works now. Yeah, let's because, talk about that. Because you know, when they were like, they, "We got to figure out if we can like override it," I'm like, "What mm-hmm. are you talking about?" Technically, Liz- Lizzie was still in it, first of all. So yeah. I'm like, so what did she modify the box while Lizzie was still doing it? That makes ba- barely any sense. Mm-hmm. And then you guys saying you can't suddenly just take somebody out. You always could. So like that was a weird like yeah um like plot armor that they're trying to gloss over where you yeah. know that you could easily get Josie out of that damn box. I don't know why they acting like they can't, but okay. And Alaric like uh says he did the equivalent to like unplugging the damn thing in the three oh in three oh five. Right, right. So, so, we've, episode, seen, so... we've seen people like boot out stuff before. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's it's really weird how they're trying to you could have just made it so like you just wanted it to play out that mm. way you guys you yeah. did not have so, to make it seem like they can't get her out <laughs> if, well, if, they did, if they did knows that it's not a permanent solution like she just yeah. needs but that's to incapacitate it for a certain period of time but it, w- it would be really cool if like she did modify it in some way yeah. made it so like Josie instead of like her learning a, a word it's always like her learning the same one over and over again or something like she can't it's, like she can't get out of it and yeah it would be really interesting yeah Exactly. But before we get into like all of the Grey's Anatomy theories, oh God! For listen, there's just so much we have to talk about for next episode, though. But like, let's let's talk about the Wild West theory. And I know, oh, you, yeah. Bree, you said that you had conflicting emotions about it. Why don't you elaborate? Because okay, I'm only going to say this once, and <laughs> this needs to stay between us and the podcast listeners, <laughs> us and like whoever. <laughs> watches the public podcast yeah i'm just saying i do not need this to follow me from like 10 years down the line when somebody's like looking up stuff to like please do not drag me but i really love western movies you guys okay i was raised not that's not (laughs) weird yes it is Okay, no, like, like, literally, like, I really fucking fuck with Western movies, okay? <laughs> because, okay, shout-outs to all the people who have, like, older parents, okay? Because my mom had me when she was older, so my mom's, like, a 50s baby. She's a boomer. And so she grew up on Westerns, and so that's what she did with me. So, like, I love me some Yul Brenner. You watch uh, Magnificent Seven. That's my movie. I love Magnificent Seven. I love Cowboys. So when I was watching this, I was like, 
trying to like relate it to my western knowledge <laughs> and there was just some things that I did not fully like I didn't um it dragged a lot mm-hmm. uh it, the 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 acting was actually surprisingly decent. I was like, okay, Jenny Boyd. Actually, I hear your <laughs> accent. I hear your accent. I hear you. I see you doing you doing it, girl. Okay, but um, like I think the only thing that I genuinely did like, I liked the parallel with a lark. I liked the concept of there being two alarks. I do too. You know, a lark who's a vampire hunter who we know technically is quote unquote dead, but still exists, and the one In that diaries. we. Yeah, and then the one that we see present day that like none of us like because it's like who the fuck is this alarm? We don't we want old alarm back, please. Like, so I did like the concept of him having a brother, a twin too. Um, but it was something I was like really when they first brought in Caleb, I was sort of turned off. I was like, what are you trying to do with this character right now? Um, in the western because like I was like why is he like look like he's trying to prey on Lizzie it was really weird to me and I could but then he quickly uh switched sides and revealed that he was in the Michelson game so I was like okay like I was getting like anxiety watching it because the way that they wrote Caleb into that scene it was really sort of intense and I was like what are you are you about to try to harm Lizzie like are you trying to attack Lizzie I didn't know what was happening and um but it, it was okay it was it was a cool little in, inter- interpretation I think I was getting frustrated because for me it's more of just like the technicalities or like the vampire stuff I in watching TVD I think the only vampire scene that was killed relatively easily had to be Lexi by Damon Mm-hmm. um and with mm-hmm. this i was just like dang lizzie killed both hope and josie really easily and the therapy mm-hmm. box like really easily and mm-hmm. i was like i don't know if that's as realistic as i've seen in past vampire Diaries shows and stuff mm-hmm. um i couldn't tell if it was more of a therapy box thing like the the uh it's more of the aspect you know the thought of her having to kill josie and the um and having to go through Josie to get hope almost. It's like Lizzie was trying to come to terms with that. Yeah, but that's actually a really me, interesting way. It was like, I didn't know like what purpose the actual thing, like what did it help her realize? She already kind of was set on having to kill hope. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and- I think maybe this therapy box revealed to her that just like you said, Brie, she has to get through Josie to get through hope. Because yeah. I don't think that occurred to her. Because, you know, like, I was sitting here like, what was the point of her therapy box if it was already revealing what we already knew? Vindication, like, vengeance. Like, I'm going to do what's right to avenge my father. But we didn't see that in the hospital scene that she was going to, you know, bulldoze over Josie to do that. But in the therapy box, we did see that happening. Like, she killed Josie to, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, bring bring hope to her because, you know, hope hope was going... Hope, it's very interesting because they do this throughout the show too, like a very big emphasis on like extending your hand out as like reaching or come with me sort of things. And Mm -hmm. I just thought that was really interesting because off screen, of course, that would have happened with Cowboy, Hope, and um, Lady uh, Josie. I don't know what they are. Like Southern Belle, I should say. And I just thought that was interesting that Lizzie's perception 
is very skewed in the way that, well, she believes that Josie was this, you know, Southern belle and was tainted by hope. And I thought it was really interesting the way that Josie spoke, too, because she said something like, you know, oh, I'm not gone. Like, I, I hope made me better. And, and mm-hmm. you know, she goes to attack Lizzie and she's like, why did you make me go away? And Lizzie says, you were already gone. And I was like, that's really interesting. So I think what the box was actually trying to tell us a new information, what new information was that Lizzie had to come to terms that she had to go through Josie to get uh-huh. to hope. And someone mm-hmm. had a brilliant theory on Twitter, and I don't remember their user, and I apologize. But someone said it would be really interesting if if Josie linked her life to hopes, oh, um, yeah. just like in just like in two fifteen, and it would be like if if Lizzie harmed Hope, it would harm Josie, and that would be an incredible standoff because you know three different dynamics and two possible outcomes. And, um, again, it goes back to what Hope said to MG. Being a leader is about putting a sword through someone you love. And I was like, that could have been, like, that could have been Lizzie and Josie. Mm -hmm. That could have been Lizzie going through Josie to hurt Hope. Is Is she willing to go that far? And when they were passing in the therapy box waiting room, um... Josie's like, yeah, don't you get it? Well, you can still get to her. And Lizzie's like, oh, okay, enjoy your game. I know what I'm going to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm already gone. Like, I'm already, like, too far deep into this. And Josie's, like, concerned. She's like, meaning what? And she was like, she was, she was, she was getting antsy. She was getting nervous because she realizes that, uh, is there, there's another thing to say about how Josie reacted when she says, like, don't you get it? Hope didn't kill me. The way that, like, just just the thought of her being, like, stuck on, like, wh- what do you mean? You Don't you see what I'm seeing? Why am I the only one yeah. realizing, like, how powerful this is? Like, I, like, we can still get to her. I She didn't kill me. I can still get to her. She's completely stuck on, and it, it just hasn't hit her, like, why is nobody else seeing what I'm seeing? And I just think that's really interesting when Josie and Lizzie crossed in the waiting room. Yeah. But back at the back at the Wild West, I do think it's really, really interesting that Lizzie's word wasn't, like, um, it was vengeance, but it she didn't have that further introspection that to do that, she had to have killed Josie. So mm-hmm. I could definitely, oh, no, I'm fucking blowing my mind here because I'm, like, just, just coming up with these thoughts. I do really believe that Hope's conversation to MG was foreshadowing to Lizzie having to, uh, Liz, like they're gonna, there's gonna be a standoff, and Lizzie's going to be in, caught between two decisions, and that is like, do I hurt Josie and finally get my vengeance, or do I, yeah, you know, forgive? hope but also like i can't how can i forgive josie who was willing to do all this why is josie willing to do all this and then you know and then someone else um sorry i'm like i'm just gonna say all my thoughts right now you're you're i'm on a roll i'm on a roll and um shout out to leslie shout out to maggie they had a really great thought um that there would be a big moment where lizzie says and i'm gonna connect this back to my brain rot like lizzie says to Josie and Hope's there, Lizzie says, like, 
make your decision. It's me, like your family, your sister. It's me or it's her. That would be really fucking, like, that would be insane to watch play out. Yes. Having a standoff. So that's my, <laughs> that's my Wild West thing <laughs> Bob. I also like Dr. Rick. <laughs> cough, cough, wilted petals. Cough, cough. Yeah, wilted um, petals. <laughs> Us against the world. Chapter, what was that? Six, six five? I six, six, That was fucking six. sick. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's like side change. I'm so excited for the next couple yeah. chapters. <laughs> go, you don't know what we're read, talking go, about. Yeah, go read Wilted Petals by That One Urchin on AO3. Yeah, I'll link it. Yeah, we'll link it somewhere. Go read it. Go read it. But yeah, um, I, I, I think it's... It, it just really just goes to show what it what are the twins' priorities. You know, Lizzie is mm-hmm. so caught up in the betrayal that Hope would ever cause anyone in her family harm. You know, we, we we saw her go through that once with Josie where she was like, Hope has Josie. And 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 now we saw mm-hmm. her react to literally her pummeling Alaric to death. You know, Lizzie's looking at it as Alaric is dead or dying. And and it's Hope's fault, and I need to get vengeance for it. Whereas Josie literally says, "You didn't kill my dad. You sent a message." And I'm like, "Girl, his spine is broken, and his brain does not function no more. He is gone. He is he's gone from the earthly planes. He's done for." And she's just so focused on the fact that hope did not stop his heartbeat right then and there that she's just holding on to like the bare minimum at this point but yeah it just goes to show that Josie's willing to hang on to hope (laughs) unintended whereas Lizzie has given up hope unintended and hope knew that it's Josie that won't give up on her (laughs) Yeah, from like and, the beginning of the episode like and, she was and, like if I do this will you give up on me just like looking right mm-hmm. at Josie and then being like or do I have to like go after your mom just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um, I think I just I think I've talked to people about this sporadically but I've never said it I, th- I just know that there's going to be a big climax moment where it really does get to a point where Josie might be maybe one, like the only person or maybe one of maybe two or three who are still Team Hope. I can mm-hmm. see people slowly following. Like this um, episode solidified to me that MG, while he misses Hope, he'll definitely be like, okay, if you don't want to be here, I'm not going to force you yeah. to be here. And I will fill that void that you refuse to come back and fill for the rest of us. He, he, he will move on. And then people yeah. like, you know, Finch and Ethan are never have never been Team Hope. They're just sort of yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And Lizzie's clearly not Team Hope. So it's like <laughs> the only people that I could think are really Team Hope right now maybe Cleo and Josie. And even Cleo yeah. is like teetering. She's yeah. like, do I have, might have to cut down this tree and start making weapons to yeah. protect people? But yeah. he doesn't want to make the weapon. That's the thing. It's, so it's yeah. like yeah. when when you when these attentions keep rising, you know, hope keeps pulling away, and you still really only have Josie fighting for it. That's going to reach its like boiling point, and we're going to see it explode. We're going to see something happen. We're going to see the twins have to come to a head and like battle each other, maybe. In a different yeah. form of the merge, you know, not the merge, but you yep. know, the fact that they'll have to go against each other yeah. in a yeah, different yes. way. And it's 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 big because you know when I first watched it, I I was you know I was 
seeing that, oh, what does that reference? Oh, okay, that definitely probably is, you have to always look at this show and anything that you read or consume media. There's always, uh, it's always worth looking at it in two perspectives, the in-universe explanation and the out-of-universe explanation. The in-universe explanation tells us is that Hope said that you sometimes, you to be a true leader, you need to take a knife, take a sword, and run it through your love to be a true leader. That's Hope's explanation to reason why she did that for Landon. The out-of-universe thing is like, why did the writers make her say that? I, I definitely see foreshadowing Josie and Lizzie's square off, and that is really exciting to me. Yeah, and I also find it interesting that they decided to see a future where Lizzie fully opposes um, being va- a vampire or the thought of vampirism entirely. But Josie was the one who got turned. I don't mm-hmm, know if mm-hmm. that was foreshadowing or anything like that, but I do see it as something because these these I these bo- these th- these boxes are supposed to be you know not your con- only your subconscious, but they're also supposed to be projecting a potential future. That's why mm-hmm. that's why hopes like you know um, nightmare box whatever yeah. she's gonna put the thriller on the slasher one they were like you know you have better options writing and then she sees josie next you know like those are just like weird yeah. little hints and me. also landon like being a literal like the axe murderer like killing everyone and that's what he was doing in the in the season finale so I let's talk about the future of season four now and like the coming episode. It's really interesting because if you like you said, like these two therapy boxes are going to be really, really interesting to see. We saw Lizzie's and we we're expecting to see Josie's. But what Lizzie's is like foreshadowing is like, is there a possible future down legacies where Josie actually like dies and and she turns and what that will look like with Hosey and what that'll look like with her dynamic with everyone because um I do see jo- Josie's struggle and but also like relishing in it um mm-hmm. so that could be really interesting and again foreshadowing I could I could see it really as a good. way that they, they I could see that as a way that they fully combine dark Josie with regular Josie is right and they can drop becoming the dark a heretic. Josie. Right. Yeah. And they can drop like the whole outfit thing of Dark Josie and just have her. Yeah. Because I have to admit, even though even though Josie, even though Kaylee like knocked the scene out the park and she was like really going full Dark Josie Mm -hmm. in the scene. I did cringe a little bit when she walked in with the crop top (laughs) and like the shoulder pads. And I was like, oh, God. Not again. <laughs> I was like, not um, her putting on her her costume, like her little WWE showdown well, outfit. Wait, <laughs> no, no, no. I I have to give some due credit about the earrings and jewelry. Oh my yeah. god, Twitter jewelry, jewelry, already. jewelry, jewelry, fucking got me. Okay, so Twitter is so brilliant. Like they, people found, like. Uh, okay, I don't know, some time ago, but Kaylee is always like, you know, like, oh, earrings play a big part about Josie as a character. Pay attention to them because they always sort of reflect the episode. So here you have Hope, obviously, like V-neck sort of outfit she's always wearing. It really emphasizes the missing place there. She has no necklace. She's not wearing as much jewelry. I don't I don't even pay attention. I couldn't, I don't remember if she was wearing rings, but she was a big ring wearer. But anyways, she wasn't wearing anything around her neck. If you look at Josie, so not only is Dark Josie wearing like a heartless, uh, like tipped on the side 
heart necklace, her earrings were these three things. A heart, a wishbone, and a crescent moon. Can anybody tell me where they've seen a wishbone and a crescent moon? This is rhetorical because I'm going to tell you right now. This is around the neck of Hope fucking Michelson for her three, four long seasons of whatever, blah, 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 her life. And I just think that's so interesting. I just think that's so interesting that you have these two girls. One has lost her you know, her humanity and and the other is trying to help her regain it back and connect to her emotionally. What is she wearing? Well, she's wearing this jewelry that represents what a Michelson. It's interesting because like what jewelry means to a Michelson is the it's 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 a physical way to what they can't string in words of how much they care about someone, they emphasize it in jewelry. So like Klaus, and it's awesome, Klaus yeah. gifting Caroline that bracelet and right. Hope um, can't express her emotions, but she will give like Josie a meaningful talisman. And like we've yeah. learned from Danielle and Hosey Khan, like Hope is not a big gift bearer, but she did this one thing for Josie. Oh, that's interesting. So to have yeah. Josie's earrings like literally reflect what Hope's missing is really interesting and in the coming episode in the in the hospital therapy box she is wearing a little heart locket so Mm -hmm. yeah and it's also it just goes back to the heart and soul of the vampire diaries universe you know Mm -hmm. the uh, vampire diaries started off with the salvatore rings and uh the gilbert like you know vervain necklace you so it's like jewelry has always meant a lot in these shows and going into the originals it all became about like the michelson um you know heirloom and the symbol of michelson it just it uh, jewelry has always meant something a lot in these shows so i think it's really cool that they reflect that with her earrings when um hope is sort of missing her own like sort of jewelry her signature jewelry right now they're sort of reflecting it in somebody else's story it's just so cool yeah, yeah like, I love it. Gifting jewelry is a means for a Michelson to express their protectiveness and like avoid that emotional vulnerability when they can't put into words how much they care for the person they're going to give it to. So I just I just love that so much. Um, and I'm really excited to see where what that means in the coming episode. It doesn't necessarily have to be like the answer, but um, the fact that Josie is wearing that heart locket definitely means something. Um, yeah, maybe more and, for the audience to pick up on than it is for like it being the key to escape her therapy box. But especially since you know Josie usually doesn't wear necklaces, so that was a conscious right. choice. She right. ju- usually doesn't wear necklaces at all. So she's a big her thing, earrings. Her things have always been earrings. You know, they really jumped at that, and that's something I've always really loved about her character because usually, yeah. like the goody two shoe characters, don't have cartilage piercings and um yeah they really were like oh Kaylee we love how many like different you got I can't name them all because I don't know what the parts of the ear are but that's so great she has three yeah me and Kaylee have a lot of the same piercings fun fact um and it's so ironic because like I got mine done before I knew about her so when (laughs) I first watched Legacies I was like not us having the same exact ear piercings like that's so weird yeah (laughs) She has three lobe piercings and then like two um, cartilage piercings. We both have those in the upper parts mm-hmm. of our ears. Painful mm-hmm. as hell, just so you know. <laughs> but, it's okay. Um, Pain yeah, means 
love for Hope Michelson. I don't know what I'm trying to say <laughs> but here. But yeah, like... <laughs> I, I do think it is very interesting. Sometimes I think it's cool because because I do know it. When I look at her earrings, I'm like, hmm, they didn't put a, a piece of jewelry in that piercing right there. Like she is, sometimes she misses a cartilage piercing. So I think it's interesting that sometimes they don't fully uh, put mm-hmm. in all her jewelry. Sometimes she fills it up all the way. Sometimes it's bare minimum. Like I think in the... um the promo for next episode she's not really wearing earrings at all no, too i think but it, yeah i think her ears might have been hidden by like an opposing person but it would be really interesting if she's not I think, it really just puts more emphasis well i don't know actually if you're if you're a resident right can you wear earrings as a intern or i think as long as they aren't dangly and as long as they aren't that makes sense Studs, yeah. maybe. I'm looking yeah. at the picture right now. She only has one piercing, one like little stud in her bottom ear. Yeah, so, okay. So like, but the necklace, like that's what I'm really at focusing yeah, on. Yeah, that too. really recenters like what does that mean? Um, and, uh, you know, don't think we're cracked out because Kaylee has already <laughs> said like that that's a big part of Joe's character. And we always know like costume and wardrobe is is a big yeah. thing with Hosey because you know like even with normal Josie Dark Josie and Hope No Humanity Hope they all complement each other's outfits you know they were both right. like wearing very 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 complimenting outfits and I just you know Ooh, they always God. do that with with uh with complimenting characters and dynamics so yeah like Danielle has been looking amazing like uh, yeah. the, the 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 outfits that they're picking for hope and then whenever i look it up and i see the price tag i just feel so happy now like <laughs> yeah i just feel so warm and giddy i'm like finally she's using her black card she's using mm-hmm. her she her mm-hmm. bank account she's finally digging into that michelson money like thank mm, god trust fund baby yeah trust fund baby um <laughs> but um I, I wanted to point out some um po- also like some i think some cute little snippets and like hidden clues that they did that I don't think a lot of people picked up on um like the writers for this episode were Jose Molina and Hannah Rosner Hannah Rosner okay Hannah Rosner Jose Molina please you are invited to my graduation my wedding everything yeah I love you you can be on the Jose show too if you want to you're listening if you want to join I doubt they're listening but anyways (laughs) (laughs) um but I love um, their stuff they wrote the way that they wrote you can tell that they knew when a scene was ended because the way that they wrote the lines for like the transitions were purposeful um yes i really really like that the there's a line where hope says happy trails which is a very well-known western song that i used to have to sing every day in second grade so I know that it's a country song and I know that. And then so when like the next scene was Lizzie, I was like, oh, they're doing that purposely. So in the scene where Hope kicks Dark Josie and then like regular Josie comes out, the next scene, oh, yes. Caleb is screaming, don't look at me like that. Yeah, I love trans- that. So like clearly like the scene where they're staring at each other and then the voiceover switches to Caleb and he transitions and he's saying, don't look at me like that. As he's being attacked by a monster with a hundred eyes, you're like, oh, ha ha, giggly. That's cute and funny and quirky. But then the way that it translates to the fact that Hope and Josie are also having this stare down and she refuses to hurt Josie. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. To- it's 
It's what's called a J cut, which is when, Mm -hmm. you know, the shape of a J is where the tip of it is like starts first and then it goes in. It's what is what the audio starts and then the visual cut is shown. Yeah. So I I love that so much because they're really there. Legacies is actually very funny whenever they do that. I'll give them that big point there and you know that that was the biggest one for me it was like you know like don't look at me like that and um mm-hmm. there was there must be a few others that i'm misremembering like I right said, now like, the only one i can think of on the top of my head was when it was like hope is talking that she's having that conversation with mg and she basically tells mm-hmm. him happy trails and then it switches over to the western box like the therapy why box. did she say happy trails to mg though because she's basically saying, get out, like, leave, happy trails. Me, it's a song. It says happy trails. And it's, oh, my God, don't make me sing this fucking song on this podcast. But does it mean, Please. like, hap- what it, means, it, like, it means, like, farewell. It means, like, have oh. a good day. It's like, it's like that oh. old saying. It says happy trails. Because the song goes happy trails it. to you until <laughs> we meet again. That's how the song goes. Oh. So she says that. Clever. And then it switches over back to Lizzie's Theory. So it is like a trend. That's what I first picked up on it. I was like, oh, okay. So they they did that several times throughout the episode. Yeah. So. Oh, and now I'm remembering another thing is what happened is that right after Lizzie um, kills Hope, I believe in the Western, the that the following scene, I'm pretty sure there's a voiceover where Hope says like something like it had to be done or something like that, or mm-hmm. or, or maybe it's when Lizzie killed Josie. I'm I'm I have to like write this down but there are definitely really interesting like between the western and between like the real worlds happening between hope mj josie in the gym scene um mm-hmm. i really like them and, yeah um, you really tell, great like, the, editing yeah the writing is just they, they were very careful about it so i was mm-hmm. really appreciative of that i'm always loving when i can pick up on like little clues and hints that i didn't know were there prior you know so yeah. i was i was really happy about that i would just yeah yeah, I just there's there's a there's a lot of implications flowing around with this episode, and I love how finally people are starting to pick up on a little bit of Posey outside mm-hmm. of just the, you know, crackhead fan base. Yeah, like casual viewers um, that you'll see, you know, on TV Time or YouTube. I I really like it's really um, assuring to see you know more. It's more easy to like just say it like straight up like how can they have Josie and Finch in this relationship and yet Josie's so focused on hope what does that mean like you it's unavoidable to talk about in news outlets or opinions Mm -hmm. or articles or literally Mm -hmm. anything as you're watching the show and um I'm really excited to see how that's interpreted in the in this Grey's Anatomy AU well I think it's a Grey's Anatomy AU but there's also a lot of I think so and like come on (laughs) A, a, another big hospital drama. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I, uh, to sort of prepare for this episode, I have not seen Grey's Anatomy, so I watched the pilot. Ah, uh, bitch, I, it's like older than me. I am, wait, is it older? Okay. No, I'm older. But it's like fucking I told 20 you, seasons. I, yeah, exactly. I told you, my friend, when I was first starting college one of the girls I met in college she got me into it and so I watched like the first season with her and then she got mad at me because I started watching it by myself oh and, those and kinds then of I, friends 
Yeah, and then I actually had to go off on her. I had to be like, girl, this show has like 50 million seasons. If you really expect me to wait for you to watch Mm -hmm. 30 million hours of television, like I can't do that. I physically cannot wait for you. It would take me until I was 30 to finish it probably. Just waiting to watch Mm -hmm. it with this one person. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. it It was a lot. But I stopped because too many people started dying and it was wrecking myself. Dude, I I watched the pilot last night and it already like broke me. I was like, I am not doing this. I have already Mm -hmm. seen like, I don't think I finished the first season, but I had been watching The Good Doctor, which um, is also like a big like thing on like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, this episode. Two people are going to die, but they're going to save one person. I just can't put myself through that mental exhaustion through Grey's Anatomy, which is like 18 seasons, so I am older yeah. than it. So <laughs> I, I I watched the pilot, and I Probably did ask people— Probably not still, though, because 18 seasons can be longer than 18 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I think I saw on Netflix that the first season had like nine episodes. Actually, I don't remember. Let me see. Let me see. Let, let me Forgive me. When did, when did but... Grey's Anatomy start? Oh, fucking probably 1990. I don't know. God. 1990. Do your math. Stop. <laughs> Anyways, I I had to watch what I had to watch oh, to it get to the in 2005. So yes, you are older. 2005. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, okay, whatever. But that means like the big TVD writers have all seen Grey's, so that's great. Yeah. Anyways, I, did, so, I do. So, I do think they're paralleling that because, like, even right. Though okay. Like the Good Doctor is a big show, but it's not as popular. So right. I do. So think let's. Let, Let's actually, like, talk about this. So I had to talk to people, like, can you give me, like, a summary? Like, what is the relationships in Grey's Anatomy? Because, you know, I'm not watching this for, like, Josie's <laughs> going to save people and dissect. No, 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 no. Okay, no, 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 so, no, no. It's going to uh, okay. be about her complex relationship navigating through <laughs> a Seattle fucking hospital. Uh, uh, okay. Memorial. Okay. Um, so if I can remember quickly, remember, I'm working off of dated information, so, like, I do remember most of it, but I've only got through to like season three. For people who do watch Grey's Anatomy, you're listening. I only got to Danny. Once I got to Danny and he started dying, the whole thing with Izzy, yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. That was my cutoff. <laughs> all right. Now my cutoff was the pilot, so <laughs> you're fared better than me. But, but yeah, um... like I got, I got through a few painful things. Trust me, I got through. They did, they did some serious stuff in that show. But yeah, okay. So the the the, the pilot where the show starts, you know, they're all residents, and right. um, well, there's and something Meredith, before Meredith. Well, what the their one night stand? Okay, can you let me finish? I was about to say Meredith Gray Sorry. has a one night. <laughs> Derek, I forgot his last name. Shepard. But Derek Shepard, yeah. So like their relationship is what drives it, sort of. They have this, he's a actual like doctor at the hospital. She's just a resident. So it's a little bit inappropriate. But then you also find out that he has an estranged wife named Meredith. Mer- Addison. Addison, my bad. Wrong person. Meredith um, is the other chick. Okay, Addison, yeah. <laughs> uh, so like there's like this weird thing, you know, he love he likes Meredith but he wants to be loyal and faithful to his wife I can't remember why they distanced themselves I think she cheated on him I think Addison actually cheated on Derek but I think like they got separated but then if I remember correctly I think it's like she actually was like and like that she was she wasn't loyal to him if I blah whatever anyways That's, like, the main thing. The main thing is, like, this triangle between, like, Meredith wanting to be with Derek, but Derek wanted to 
still work on this marriage. But then they end up not working out and Meredith and Derek do eventually get together. They do, but it takes a while because slow burns, of course. Yeah. Um, the what other I've been told is that Derek and Addison's relationship grew apart like much mm-hmm. before like he meets it was. Meredith. It, it was, was that like it's like when they first like met each other, they were these two people that like, oh, you know, we're so in love. But like as it like they they grew up, their relationship also, you know, was yeah. was growing apart because it's like I think they just had both like different real like like futures for themselves I think um I've been told again I'm like literally like trying to interpret this show like people are telling me so um I'm I'm not fucking sitting through 18 seasons just for Jose I'm not that insane oh. guys but um oh yeah I, they, do okay, think... so I, I just googled it they say Addison cheated on Derek with Mark Sloan who was known as McSteamy if you don't know it Derek was he's McSteamy yeah I Derek was known as McDreamy Derek... oh. and Mark was known as McSteamy so Addison yeah. cheated with Mark prior to the shows even started, but then their marriage was cut short because Derek then cheated on her with Meredith. So it's like they they both kind of did bad stuff, but oh, you damn. know that that they is had... a McDreaming, McSteamy. I just, yeah, oh. yeah. He so has it's really like... nice eyes. Anyways, yeah. but yeah. So like that's the main thing. There's another relationship between um, Mark and then Meredith's sister. Uh, what's her name? Lexi. <laughs> So it's um, Lexi. Yeah, and they were really cute together. I don't know how far they... I don't think they, like, get married or anything like that because they unfortunately both die in hmm. tra- a tragic accident. I didn't get to that, but I still managed to learn McDreamy, about McDreamy, McSteamy, McDead, no. Yeah, th- yeah, like, all these... Everybody's, like, dead. That's another thing with Grace. Like, unless you want to sign up for a show where just, like, everybody dies, like, no, that's not for me. Even... How many even the people that you start off this show with just die? so terrible it's like oh. working at this hospital is like a curse it feels like <laughs> but yes yeah, so well, like that's that's great <laughs> yeah and then so like yeah those are the there are a lot of main relationships in this show you know like there's like a i think there's a yeah there's a lot of relationships but the main one is between meredith and Derek in the mm. beginning and that's so literally all i know like <laughs> I, I, and so like i but yeah, um I but meredith is definitely like the ship but the, the ship like, and it's i think that they could really parallel some stuff that they wanted to do because yeah. if Derek, since Derek started off with this like a strange relationship with his wife um it could definitely they could try to parallel that with yeah so I had a theory before we started recording and I just like put it out there so I think it's really interesting because again this is not going to be like an exact map onto who's who and who because this is Michelson Memorial but Hope would presumably be a sort of legacy because she is Michelson Michelson Memorial Mm -hmm. but Josie is you know if we play into like Joe Parker and then she's kind of like that easy legacy way in that direction but again like um I could see Josie being the Meredith, but Jaunch is the Derek and Addison. So again, like it's not about like Hope being Derek and Josie being um, Meredith. It's a fact that Hosey is Meredith. That makes sense. So we just really have to remember like it's blurring what these relationships are. And also like, you know, creative license. Anyways, um, I think it's really interesting because I I was trying to think, like, how could they present what hope is in Josie's box if it's Michelson Memorial? And though I had originally two thoughts, 
that either, you know, Josie's a doctor and then her patient is Hope. And what that means is like either Hope is like an amnesic patient, like she's a Jane Doe and she, Josie's trying to get through to her and remember, you will remember me as the title of the episode. I, you know, I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to like tie things together. Or a second thing is like Hope is a patient, but on top of that, she's also like a convicted like murderer you know but so she (laughs) she has to legally be like attended to you know like if she's wounded Mm -hmm. but she's chained to the bed you know like it's that scenario that's always definitely happened in Grey's and doctor dramas that's definitely happened in the good doctor I think and like they people are like you know I have to set aside my morals and ethics and stuff like that or there's also a mini plot like that in the Vampire Diaries actually when Stefan and Damon were serving the devil which I I can't believe that happened. Oh, I don't think you watched this season, but I'll yeah, clarify. Yeah, thank God. So I cut up. I cut myself they, off. <laughs> they were at a hospital, and what their job was is that they had to feed souls to Cade. Cade? I said Cade. Cade. And there was this one brunette doctor that was purposely, like, kind of resembling Elena. And what they did was that they, they, they compelled her to believe that the patient was a nasty person so that she made her own choice in the way like do I save this person or do I let them machine tick out and you know die so and and she chose to you know she they tainted her and that's what made the soul more air quotes delicious to Cade because the fact that they corrupted her it very much like I think there was also a scene like Stefan and Kate are in the hallway and I, I, I don't know. And Kate's like, you know, you corrupted Elena. Maybe if it never just met her, that things would have never gone to shit. I think he says, I don't fucking know. This is like five years ago. I watched this. And um, so anyways, I think it's really interesting if so if hope is a patient, those are two possibilities I see. The third thing is applying the Grey's Anatomy of it all. The, the, yeah. the, mer- the merderification of Hosey. So you have if, yeah. a Hope is like the chief of surgery and Josie is a, an intern. And I'm trying to see like how 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 could they do that relationship? Because again, Meredith started the episode with a one night stand and then it's like, a oh shit, I slept with my boss look across the hall. So I could see it actually being like a lot like in the film noir episode where they... They have, like, Josie and Jade have, like, sort of reciprocating, like, will she, won't she outside in the real world. And how that applied in the film noir is that they were established exes that had this weird, like, flirt banter thing in that one scene. But then she betrayed her, blah, blah, blah. You know how the episode goes. So yeah. I could actually see Hope's, like, Josie's crush on Hope be interpreted in this box as, like, uh, we had an ex past relationship you know not what? necessarily it's, one it's, night stand but it's it's interesting you know the more i think about it the more i'm like okay is she really going to be meredith i don't know one yeah, part know. of me one I, mm. I i don't know I, from what i've learned with these therapy boxes is that they really don't pick a character to completely focus on they really just focus on the themes at hand you know like the slasher therapy box we thought it was going to be friday the 13th inspired but really it was more so inspired by the actual just killer and then the escape routes you know like there you couldn't say hope was exactly this character from friday yeah definitely so much license yeah so like with this i'm trying to wonder 
you know, in, in, in Grey's Anatomy, Meredith has an interesting relationship with her mom. I believe her mom is supposed oh, yeah. to be, um, if I remember correctly, she had a history in medical practice as well, but her mom has dementia, I think. Yeah, that's and, in the pilot. So I can yeah, say yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's like they could definitely parallel Josie now having a parent who has like psychological issues, you know, being brain dead and all. Alaric, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So like, I was going to say she could be Meredith, but then I could also see her theoretically being Izzy because mm. Izzy, like, again, I said, oh. I stopped, I stopped watching with Danny and Danny was this character that Izzy fell in love with, but he was a sickly patient and he winds up dying and it's really sad and heartbreaking and just, Oh, Oh, Oh. And it's like, you think mm-hmm. he's going to be safe because I think he wound up needing like a heart transplant but it didn't work out. Like he gets the transplant, but I think something goes wrong or something and he ends up dying anyway. So it's like, I could see it also being like hope is theoretically a patient that Josie is trying to say by, you know, through, through some like a theoretical surgery that really just is like a um, parallel of her needing humanity back. But mm-hmm. her having to die or her having to learn how to like, try to save her i could just you know so many people are getting these these you know cleo's got a, a um inspiration vision about how to kill hope and lizzie got a therapy box on how to kill hope i feel like josie needs some really cool methodical um way to find out how to save hope you know there needs right. to be that equal parallel so I could see her because Izzy was also the one who like really got close with patients, if I remember correctly. I don't remember in a few episodes I remember watching. I don't remember Meredith becoming like buddy buddy. If I remember correctly, Izzy was like the more empathetic character, like the one who would always grow attached to people. Um, Like if I remember correctly, there was a storyline in Grey's where Izzy wound up having to watch some of her patients die and learn how to live through that as a doctor. You know, realize you can't save everybody. And she had to learn that lesson because she was the one who was always like too emotional and trying to save everybody when she mm. couldn't. So I just feel like there's a lot of characters that Josie could parallel and uh, a lot of storylines she could parallel. And I feel like if they're going to make Hope a patient as somebody that she's desperately trying to save, what what could that show her? Could it also theoretically show her the tree or could it? also show her a different route like what is it's going to show something to her yeah and I also really liked somebody's theory because somebody said I think it's sort of unfair that they found out a way to kill hope so quick and I do agree right because in TVD we had to see them search for that white oak and then in the originals white oak wound up coming up really really randomly like in a like a for real like a loophole and yeah and so it them losing the weapon when Klaus, you know, Stefan uh, uh, pushed him out of the way and then Klaus got the stake and killed Michael. And then it was like this big, yeah. oh, fuck, we just yeah. lost the weapon. And then they had but to go then, through a different journey to find more. Oh, yeah, it's the bridge, blah, blah, blah. And and then it's like, you know, in, in the originals, it was like the little toy that Hope had that managed to survive a thousand years. That was so that cool. That shit was good. But it's, so it's like, you know, they, they did realize that these had to be extreme loopholes. So with this, I'm like, I wonder, somebody said, I really would love it if they did a plot to so that you find out that the tree actually can't kill Hope. I and hope that, so too. And I, I think it's really going to be the concept of the tree. You know, it was created by her 
Josie and Lizzie. That is Hope's theoretical coven. That is the people that she loves. They created this together. So the symbol of Hope and Josie coming together to bring Hope's humanity back, maybe that's what it symbolizes. As they a could way either to... kill her or bring her back. And it's definitely like that goes back or... to the standoff. Like I just um, I don't even th- I don't even I think that if they stab Hope with that wood, it would be really cool if it did absolutely nothing. I would want it to be something like it's the thought of what made this tree. The, you know the the love that made I this tree. I love your brain. Is is what can, that's can, massive. Could can, can quote unquote kill no humanity hope, not kill hope. But sort of, you know, it's sort of like when they shot J- Dark Josie in a therapy box. You know, it can stop no humanity hope. Because the same thing was happening in Lizzie's therapy box. That was no humanity hope as well. That wasn't like a regular hybrid hope who's all good and dandy. Like, no. So it, it just feels like I wonder if it's metaphors. Because I don't want there to be a weapon to kill hope again. I do like, hope. I do hope it's a metaphor. And Me I too. do have more trust in season four's writing because season three, I would say, nah, it's a tree. They're going to kill her in two episodes. Yeah, But me too. season four, I do like it. And I think actually coming down the line, Lizzie in the synopsis or read something like she tries to make amends or something like that. So I could see actually like there being... I don't, I don't think she's going to be know, making amends. I think she's going to be uh, trying to... I think it's going to be a facade and she's really just going to be trying. Because I think the preview photos for that like Cleo has a bunch of wood in her arms and Lizzie's talking to her oh no sorry so in 409 the synopsis reads didn't see that coming Hope finds herself involved in a game of cat and mouse as Lizzie sets out to make things right so it's interesting what does she do next episode to warrant that you know Um, Uh, yeah maybe it would be I I wouldn't be surprised if they did this big thing where Lizzie's like I have to kill Hope and then she changes her mind in the episode I really would not be surprised with the because you know at the same time I have more faith in the writing but this is still legacies yeah it's always like a switch it's it's always like that with Hope and Lizzie they don't yeah they don't really develop like they always take things back really quickly so they don't have them on like a the thing is is like Hope and Josie's relationship is that they'll have like big tense moments, but it'll go on for several episodes and then there will be like a big exhale, like, oh, you know, an apology with Hope and Lizzie. It's weird because they, you know, they're fight and then they're back and then it's like, I'll never forgive her. And then it's like, okay, now I have to because I don't want to hurt Josie. You know, it's really topsy turvy with um, Hope and Lizzie. So that's unfortunate because it shouldn't be like that in like a good writing written show but it was always sort of like that from the beginning so i don't they, know they yeah they do a lot of things where it's like they ha- they have a lot of extremes with a lot of the kids and it's they don't ever take a moment to really just sort of pace. bring it to pace and then to bring it down to common sense i think <laughs> balance um, pacing I, 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 ironically like i i feel like lizzie's uh extremes right now make perfect sense i understand lizzie's motives now more than ever but beforehand she would have like extremes and you'd be like why is she why is she jumping to this why is she why does she not understand hope after all this time why why can't they communicate better and it's a little bit frustrating trying to figure out the status of the relationship but then they'll apologize to each other randomly with like compliments on their haircut and then they're fine (laughs) Later, it's like the writing really should be better, but yeah, yeah. But um, we've talked so much about the a whole episode. I'm really glad we got to talk about all of the individual like mini plots, the um, each character, each you know, yeah, different w- reality I'll, of the show. Yeah, I will say that I think 
technically i still think that there are three like it's spliced each episode is now spliced into three but cleo's undercurrent storyline of the tree is like the one thing that strings it all together like because mm-hmm. they're that's the one that flows throughout every single episode and that yeah. is this for trying to figure out what to do with this freaking tree do you think finch yeah. knows do you think she overheard it like, i do, do you, me too I, do. I think i think she's I gonna think try it also to do like some, yeah, I just I think, think she's going to try to do some thing, stuff. Josie's asleep right now, so whatever Finch does is definitely going to be stepping on what would have been stepping on her toes. Now she has free range to do that. And it's also interesting, you brought up earlier, like way back, how you listed all the dynamics. You know, it's like Hope and MJ, they listed like they're the leaders. Um, Josie and Lizzie, they're pit uh, opposite of how they're going about Hope. And it's really interesting that they've sort of settled on like Finch and Ethan. So they mm-hmm. forgave each other or like whatever. Ethan had this one-sided beef with her, but now they've sort of paired them as like the, the um, I don't even want to say underdog because they could never like be great, you know, but they're definitely like the third, fourth, lowest also, tier of the super I, squad. And they just, have weird, they're like bouncing back and forth with each other, like Ethan being mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't feel like a leader so I'm gonna, I want to I want to tell, confront, no, no, not so much confront, more like tell, express MG, like I want to be more involved more and in MG saying, no, we have to learn, I have to learn, like as a being a part of a team, you have to know when to like use you know everyone's greatest potential when it's necessary and like things like that so you assured him and then it's like finch um i don't know it's interesting that they've just sort of isolated finch and him, yeah so, they're, which they're, is they're you know clearly, and jed and caleb yeah they're clearly pointing out the fact that these are two the um, outsiders sore thumbs like they're the ones that kind of stick out and you're just like hmm, how thumbs. do they fit amongst the uh, of the rest of the rest of them and i can see how ethan's slowly finding his way in you know i just wanted to point out i now think it's funny that he can now spread his his power amongst other people like he can now turn other yeah. people invisible so that's so hysterical did, to me for some so reason i don't know why but, can he teleport because josie no. says do your blink thing so did he just go invisible and run out the door with her like no he he took he she said basically he can't no he can't teleport but he can just do stuff invisibly so i guess so they're there in the room invisible is that what you're telling me because that doesn't make sense to me no he took her out he like probably picked her up but he was just no no no, but she shut the door with her hands there was there was another maybe there's two doors there yeah okay there's two doors yeah so yeah but i just thought it was funny because i was like oh now he's like turning into full like mr fantastic type stuff Mm -hmm. incredibles is reminding me of the incredibles like i don't know it's just that's funny maybe you can make a shield like that girl violet i don't know violet yeah she could turn invisible and make a yeah (laughs) force field like but make just, a mental that would be that would be something because but I yeah know it legacies would be, likes their shimmery shields of it would be really interesting if for some reason finch wound up teaming up with lizzie to bring hope down and josie found out about <laughs> that when she woke yeah. up and was like uh-huh you did what 
Aww. Yes, and that, like, kind of leads into, like, what 409 is, because, you know, next episode, Josie's MI. Well, not MIA. She's just out of commission. That following episode, it's like Josie's, like, okay, what did I get? What, what, guys, what did I miss? What happened when she put me to sleep? Is she okay? Like, can I go find her? Guys, guys, why does nobody tell me? Why? Did you guys, like, I feel like they would have made a new group chat without Josie just so they could say <laughs> talk about how to harm Hope, you know? And that's Josie's no, like, like, guys, the, the group chat's dead. <laughs> that, that, that's the, that's the the whole episode that's the equivalent of the whole episode is creating <laughs> a separate group chat without Josie and then like her having this whole like journey on her own realizing that she's truly sick like you Literally. know it interesting that she's going to be on her own journey and have her own conclusion about what to do with hope the way Lizzie did but then her episode after that she's having a heart-to-heart with Finch <laughs> right and I and I was- again like if Finch is already you know didn't trust Josie so I do see her like doing that even more like next episode like if she yeah. eavesdropped on Cleo's talk I'm like girl why did you just have like a discussion about the weapon in a public room literally <laughs> so i just like, thought, you know it, it that's that kind of, those, of plot writing it's one of those cliches that i just hate i just hate but i'm like okay whatever she will attempt to see her do something badass and it just won't work out okay yeah. Yeah. let's just get but, it over with so we can get to the breakup sooner come on chop chop <laughs> but yeah um i'm really excited to see where the season takes us because again i've been there's a bunch of things that they've been hinting at like a, a getaway sort of thing is implied or josie becoming a heretic like that would be really sick and um i i know kaylee like relish in that shit because you know she looked like she was really enjoying themselves so i'm really excited to see where Jose's dynamic is taken and how that is interpreted in her mind because we know that amongst all of the Hosies, josie is the most cracked out Hosie. um <laughs> like we I'm learned from you, her we <laughs> literally like she's so insane it's so funny to me and um yeah i'm really excited so be sure to Tune in to The Hosey Show next week where we talk about the Grey's Anatomy AU episode. Until next time, bye! More to come next week on our next episode of The Hosey Show. You can stream the latest episode of Legacies on the CW app right now. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your audio, and for the latest news and updates, you can find us on Twitter, at The Hosey Show. 